The Movie Hour, Episode 74, March 11, 2010. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Hello everyone and welcome to Olivia Wilde's Bake Sale Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney, and here with me tonight to discuss our favorite pop culture facet is my brother James and our friend Jeff. Welcome back once again, guys. Hey, how's it going? Top's good. Yeah, good. drive safe, everybody. Take care. <laughs> that's the end of the show, Jeff. you got to remember, oh. that's the end. We haven't ended yet. We just started. Uh, okay. This show brought to you by the letter Scotch. <laughs> with ice, with ice. We've discussed this already. We discussed this Ice. Already. I hope you haven't been drinking all week since the, the last show, have you, Jeff? No. Um, Are you trying to make <laughs> up for lost time in India or what? That's right. Not not one second dry. Not one second dry. It's been a it's been a pretty uh, pretty packed week. We had uh, uh, what what am I trying to say? Alice in Wonderland come out this weekend, which I said I was going to catch. And I'm going to just start the show right now saying I didn't catch it. I'm oh, there's a fucking <laughs> there's a There's a surprise. Yeah, I called Jerry because Greg said he was going to go see something. Which, by the it. way, about Jerry, 2012 is in this building right now. I've got to watch it for next show. I'm totally going to watch it for Jerry. I've, I've got to make sure. a glowing review. Right, right. It's going to be fascinating for sure. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you guys uh, – you guys uh, – <laughs> Uh, obviously, the Oscars happened this weekend. I am on a a, a no cable zone right now, and uh, I I probably could have made it out for the Oscars, but I I failed to do so. I'm just not Great, so. Have interested. you ever seen the Oscars? It's just not worth it. <laughs> I like the Oscars. Well, I saw like Billy Baldwin on there was doing it, so I was like, okay, uh, Baldwin's doing it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Billy Baldwin like Chevy Chase or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those were the two hosts, all right. Uh, yeah, that's my first question, James. You're a you're an Oscar. You're you're an Oscar critic. Talk to us. Just say you know, bring us into these Oscars. Like you know, maybe we've never been there, never seen them. Just sell me. Yeah, sell sell us on the Oscars. How'd it go this week? Well, uh, like you said, I've watched the Oscars for many many years. I actually enjoy watching them, watching the, you know the different you know acceptance speeches and whatever kind of you know clip shows or you know cool things they managed to do. And this one sucked. Wow. It was horrible. Wow. It was like amateur hour. The the directing, which is the weird part, was horrible. The camera works bad. There would be a lot of times where, like, they pan to a camera and, like, the camera's, like, pointing up and then, like, realizes it and it, like, goes down and catches, you know, George Clooney or someone's, like, running across the camera when they come in. At what point are they saying, okay, wow. point that thing straight up at the rafters? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it was bad. And during, like, acceptance speeches and stuff, you could hear them moving the uh, the stage settings and stuff for the next show. So wow. I don't know where they had the microphone, but you could hear stuff in the backstage happening a lot. Um, in the memoriam section, um, they they had uh, what's his face James Taylor singing for the you know the song for the background for the clip show, but they used such a wide angle that you missed the first four names that go by because they're not close enough to the screen, so wow. the TV viewers can't see who the hell died. So and then finally they realize what they're doing and they zoom in. <laughs> So Man, overall, yeah, it I did was, not expect a scathing review yeah, like this. It okay, was, first, first it was the worst question. one I've ever seen. We, uh, wow, you're actually joking. Before we've got uh, Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin co-hosting. 
How'd they do? I heard it was sort of like an awkward yeah, force comedy. They, they weren't very good. It, it seemed like SNL skits. Their timing was a bit off. And I think it might be because there's two of them. They're trying to you know riff off of each other. Where right. in you know the most recent years, it's been one person, and he can just get up and do his bit. But these two are you know trying to do timing and stuff, and the timing was off on quite a bit of things. And yeah, they just seem awkward. At one point, they're just like calling out names of people in the audience and just saying something funny about him, and that was just really bizarre. Like, there was no lead into it. They're like, hey, there's so-and-so. Say a joke. Hey, there's so-and-so. And that went on for, Jennifer like, 12 Lopez people. Jennifer Lopez is here. She's got a huge ass. Yeah, All right. seriously, that's pretty much what it was. And for some reason, they kept going to Clooney, who looked like they he was not happy one. whatsoever. Oh, my God. Everyone loves Clooney. I mean, one I time, like I think that. it was on purpose, but the other two times, he just looked like, okay, let's keep moving people. Oh my god! And no that's... Jack Nicholson again. So I don't know what's going on with Jack. That's no two, way. Two years in a row. I'm thinking that he might be passing the torch to Robert Downey Jr. Though that might be a good role for Robert Downey. Was he in it? Was he in his seat? Uh, he wasn't up front like Jack he normally is, but he was there. So it's kind of like a Lakers game, only a summer. Is that? <laughs> yeah, is that much, yeah. yeah, there wasn't even very many good speeches really, um, and a lot of people got cut off this year. Like, I mean, it happens a lot in the past, but it seemed even more than usual this time around uh sandra bullock kind of gave a little bit of a heartfelt speech and kind of cool jeff bridges speech was cool because i mean he pretty much is the dude from yeah yeah he's just up there going all right man this is great i mean he's just been partying (laughs) for him the entire time i'm pretty far out i'm pretty sure he plays himself in the big lebowski based off of (laughs) interviews and other things i've seen from him but uh a couple other things that were kind of interesting. John Hughes got his own special in memoriam tribute, which I thought was interesting. Zombie John Zombie Hughes. John Hughes yeah. uh, he was not in attendance. I think he thought it might be awkward for them to be tributing him, you know. But, uh, yeah, so that was kind of interesting. But uh, it was a nice tribute, but kind of weird at the same time. Huh. And uh, the one thing that I did like about it is they kept up the testimonials from last year for the Best Actor and Best Actress where five people came up and told stories or, you know, little blurbs about the five nominees. And they did that again this year. And instead of doing previous um, award winners, they actually right. do people who have collaborated with the person in the past. So they actually have a history with the people. Like so a real cool. story? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. So that was cool. Was... I remember when Brad Pitt was in Fight Club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, there was actually a few people that, that were being talked about that were you could t- see them tearing up. So that was it was kind of cool that you realized that it meant something to them to be nominated. That's cool. No, that's awesome. I'm happy something worked out because I was actually, uh, since you know I do host the show, I decided I would should probably catch up at least on the uh, acceptance speeches, and I saw those and totally agree with the uh, the Big Lebowski uh, comparison. He uh, he seemed like he was having a lot of fun up yeah. there, and just saying yeah and yeah whatever this is man, great, like, man. Yeah, right, yeah, man, man Thanks. This is for you. So. Love you guys. This is great. Uh, I, I do want to point out that my prediction for the hottie that did the Science and Tech Awards, you know, the previous week was yeah. not Zoe Deschanel. I was wrong. Who, who was it? Elizabeth Banks. That's because Zoe Deschanel's not that hot. She cannot do this. Dude, she's a nerd queen. What are you talking about? A nerd yeah. queen. Uh, Who's Elizabeth <laughs> Banks? The other one. The other um, thing I want to mention. A. Uh, Bridges and Christopher Waltz got their they got their Oscars. Yeah, Way to no go surprise winners in my opinion. Everyone that right. was supposed to win won. Yeah. Um, and Andrew Bolt was supposed to win. I didn't realize. Yeah, it was either going to be her or Meryl Streep for Julia and Julia or whatever that show or movie is called. But she, uh, Sandra, had been winning most of them. Um, also, but the Christopher Waltz acceptance speech wasn't. It was just really quick. I don't know how much time they give the supporting 
actor actress roles, but he did his in like thirty five seconds flat. He was and, quick, yeah, and without was, being prompted uh, to get off either. He's just like, here's my bit, I'm gone. See you guys. He was pretty much said, hey, uh, Quentin, you're cool, and uh, you guys are the best. I'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. And it, Short, concise. And he, really, and he was a badass. Nice. He, it was awesome. It was awesome. Pretty oh. much the only, like, the funniest moment probably came in an acceptance speech. They were they awarded Best Foreign Film, and the guy got up there and thanked the Academy for make for making sure they didn't count Navi as a foreign language. So that was kind of funny. It was a rip on that, is, <laughs> that was the funniest part of the <laughs> Yeah, there the wasn't show. there wasn't a whole lot of fun. I mean, there was a couple cracks from the, the host, but oh, yeah. Man. Even was Ben Stiller's Blue ben Man Stiller Navi. Yeah, was that funny at all? Not really. That kind of fell flat. There was one part where he did an awkward pause for comedy sake, and that was funny, but the bit itself wasn't very funny. But Just James Cameron didn't, like, he seemed to be enjoying it, but I don't know if it's because, you know, he's putting on a show because he, he heard about all the press about it first. Yeah. But there were definitely a lot of, cracks at Avatar, even from the host. Yeah, and Avatar pretty much got fucking blanked. They they yeah. won, what, like, sound editing or something weird? Yeah, it won the visual stuff, basically. Visual. Yeah. They won a billion dollars. Yeah. That little statue <laughs> doesn't matter, let yeah. me tell you. Oh, oh I wanted to uh, ask you something, because I saw, I saw it, uh, like, one little piece of the Oscars, actually, um, and uh, the, the part that I saw was kind of fortuitous. It was the tribute to horror movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, it was all right. It seemed like a lot of the key moments that they used were like cameos by famous people, which was kind of, I don't know. It wasn't like the heart of the Bullshit. movies. It's just like, hey, we'll throw in Jennifer Aniston because she was in Leprechaun. Oh, we'll throw in McConaughey because yeah. he was in Texas Chainsaw. Here's, here's Kevin Bacon in yeah. uh, Friday the 13th. Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, from, and they did a lot of that and just like, all right, whatever. You know, that's not really the, they were like nothing roles in the movies. I mean, except for. You know, a couple of the remakes, but like Johnny Depp had like you know no role in that one, pretty much. So they showed I, his I found that kind of awkward. But the rest of it, I don't know. I'm not a horror fan, so I guess I really can't speak too much of it if it pleased me. But sounds fantastic. So I, I'm happy I passed up on. Yeah, uh, the normally Oscars. I'm behind the Oscars a lot, and this one was it was dumb. Did a uh, last year for the first time, and we'll never go back. I don't see. I like last year. Last year I enjoyed. What was the one that John Stewart did? That one was fucking funny. Was that last year? Uh, was, couple, was, was that last weird. year? No, Hugh Jackman. No, last year was Hugh Jackman. I think I think two years was ago. two times uh, ago. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to ask, how did the whole ten movie best film thing? You know, it's kind of funny because they, you know, during throughout the the telecast, they kind of like took time to describe it real quick and show clips. And then when it came to presenting the award, Tom Hanks gets up there and just says, okay, best picture. The winner is, like, didn't do anything, like, <laughs> intro or anything and just read off, of, you know, the winner and they moved on. I don't know if it's because they were trying to hit a deadline because they ended up ending pretty much right at midnight. Huh. Yeah, I was going to say, that's always fucking super long, too. Uh, that's interesting. I guess well, I also heard they were only doing, they weren't going to do any of the musical numbers, or did they, from, like, one They did each, one montage each. of all of them. All, okay, gotcha. Which I think is what they did last year too. Whatever Oscars, whatever. You're still, you got to work your way up, man. You got to work your way up. Oscars isn't established yet. It's the it's the Rizzies, dude. The Rizzies. That's where it's at. Sorry, I think they're called Razzies, but okay. Yeah, I really don't care about those either. The Rizzies, Razzies, Razzies. The only awards that really matter to me, anyway, are the Gungies. That's yeah. Right. The Gungi Awards. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, before we move on to the movie reviews, let's do a little bit of uh, Holly Hunter's Hollywood Hoopla. We'll try to move it on here since we've uh, sort of been doing all this Oscar talk. Uh, topic number one, nice. Tron's long-awaited sequel, Tron Legacy, released its full 
first full-length tra- trailer, and not only does it look totally badass, I had not seen it before, um, it confirms recent Oscar winner Jeff Bridges, way to go, Jeff Bridges' appearance in the film. Release date is set for December 10th of this year. Who's going to be there? Jeff, ready to go? Uh, <laughs> Another I Tron can't movie. That everybody in this is going to be dressed up like that Tron guy from the internet. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> no, it's, it's a different, it's a different it a little bit. suit. It's a different suit. The Tron guy is going to have to, you know, upgrade a little bit. So, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, say, I'm not saying they, they. I'm just saying they based it on that guy. I'm not saying that like it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, but the first Tron movie didn't happen. That guy started it all. Yep. it's it's true. It's, I've, and I've it's been watched. That's the, first the one. joke I'm telling. I know, that's the, you guys are picking my joke apart one by one. <laughs> uh, you haven't seen the first. I've movie never games? seen the first one, so nor have I. Yeah, I can't say that I'm excited for it. Although Olivia Wilde's in it, you know, which is why I named the this cast after her. She's yeah, not, yeah, so, she's you know, she's that's all that really it. matters. And, it, and, and they have the Tron Deadly Disc. One of the and as I said earlier, Elizabeth, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Olivia, Olivia Wilde is a special kind of hot. No doubt. Elizabeth, Olivia doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> doesn't I'm when you're that hot, your doesn't name doesn't matter. matter. name is. <laughs> right, right. Anyways, I, I'll, uh, I'll post the, I've been doing a bad job of this, but I'll post the, the link to the trailer online in case anyone's interested at gungapet.com. You can find it there. Uh, next topic, which is actually Oscar-related, and I'm sure James sort of left it out because he knew we were going to talk about it. Uh, Farrah Fawcett was left out of the memorial montage this year. Everyone who's anyone was pissed off about it. Oscar producers claim that just there just isn't enough room for all the dead people in the memorial. Really, I couldn't care less much about Farrah Fawcett, but I must admit she deserved a spot over some of the people they showed because they showed Michael Jackson, who's been in what one movie? At least Farrah Fawcett's been in more than one movie. This is true, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I understand that you run out of room for dead people. Um, that happens to me all the time, but <laughs> what, like in my freezer and all that. But what? But the thing is, you have to pick and choose. I'm sure they had some dead people that were way less important than Farrah Fawcett, like people that were just like good dads or whatever, not <laughs> hot. So uh, what they should have done is kicked out somebody that was just like a really good editor and a nice guy, and uh, and kept Farrah Fawcett. I, I can <laughs> agree with that. Oh man, and she's from Texas. I don't, I don't know. I've got nothing. The to say. fuck I'm... does that have to do with anything? <laughs> oh, next topic: Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in Smurfs. Yay! He will not be voice acting, however. He will be playing a yet to be named live role. Gargamel, I, bet you I hope. Himself. Whoa! If he plays game, <laughs> we've got Gargamel and plays himself. <laughs> Interesting. Either way, we all win. <laughs> this is true. I like that idea too. He can do no wrong in my book. He, I really enjoy his comedy, so hopefully it's a comedic role. <laughs> I was just say. amazed to say that, or read that they were going planning a trilogy for this series or this. Yeah, movie. it's going to be huge. Now, if they have Neil Patrick, that's the song that the yeah for the Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, and I think they've got it's like George Lopez being Grandpa Smurf or was it Papa Smurf? I always forget. I thought Papa it was Smurf. Jonathan Winters. That's the no. That's maybe that's Grandpa Smurf, and then Lopez. Papa, Papa Smurf. Smurf. I don't know. There's there's Papa, the Mamas, the Papas, the Grandpas. I don't know. Have you ever even seen the Smurfs? <laughs> I have. I have. Did you watch the Snorks? You watched the Snorks, <laughs> didn't you? I was a Frog Rock kid. All right. Well, so was I. But at least I know it's Papa Smurf. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, that's it for uh, the what Holly Hunters. What color were they, Greg? Holly Hunters, Hollywood Hoopla. Uh, moving on to our movie reviews. James, uh, you've got you got the floor. you got the number one spot. Um, I've actually seen a ton of movies since uh, last time. Um, that's cool. A couple of them I saw. One of them's been uh, reviewed fairly recently. I finally saw the, the Savages, which Jeff reviewed. I ended up liking that one. It's a good one. Good character-driven drama. I believe Jeff liked that one, too, as a, if I recall yeah. correctly. It's but, got your yeah. girl in it. Yeah, and it's got my girl in it. Which nobody's is, boy, but your girl. Yeah. But, uh, I'll take I'll take him. If somebody's going to adopt, <laughs> yeah, I will take Seymour Hoffman's pretty good. But uh, <laughs> I also saw, for the first time, the comedy Idiocracy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hated it. I thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not that good. Luke, Wilson, I was amused like joke. three times, and that was it. Yeah. Come on. The, the part where he goes, "Go away, I'm baiting." That didn't make you laugh. That's um, hilarious. No, not particularly. How about the? I've got emotion. You're a dick. Yeah. I, I, I remember you saying you like that part. I'm like, why does he like this part? Because oh, it's hilarious. That part made me fall on the floor. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> right. It's not. It's not that funny. Mike Judge, like I like the I like the idea. The premise like the, is good, but yeah, the premise is the cool, comedy's but... horrible in it, if you ask me. Right. Although the other Wilson brother got in there, I noticed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You noticed yeah, that because when we watched it, I could not. I'm like, who is that? I know yeah, who that we is. We were both going nuts, yeah. and I pulled it out without having to look it up. I go, oh my god, it's Andrew Wilson, and we both went berserk. I Did you know that. you knew it off the bat, James? Yeah. I feel sort of bad. I feel outplayed here. That's that's, that's my job is to know that crap. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 Jim's thing. That's my forte. Right. But uh, the real movie I want to uh, review is a movie that Greg hasn't seen. It's, it's called Alice in Wonderland. Oh, you went and saw it. Did you see it uh, IMAX or not? I saw it three 3D IMAX, yes. Okay, and you saw it at... Never mind, go ahead. But, uh, yeah, this uh, this movie's about Alice. Uh, she's 19 now. Um, still the daydreamer, imaginative type that you get to know from the, the uh, cartoon. Um, but she remembers her first trip to Wonderland as kind of like a bad dream, so it's kind of very unsure about if she actually went. Um, she's at a garden party when the movie starts and ends up seeing a rabbit running around follows it to the hole and you know of course she promptly falls down the hole and ends back up Big into wonderland bang, boom. yes um and she soon finds herself back in wonderland along all of these familiar characters that you get to know from the cartoons um the difference now though is that the red queen is kind of ruling all of wonderland with an iron fist and everyone's trying to get alice to, to help him out because uh, there's some sort of prophecy saying that she'll help him um the movie's a pretty solid movie it's it's got a decent plot uh some Pretty good performances, too. Uh, uh, Helena Bonham Carter does a perfect job as the Red Queen. Really enjoyed her performance. She plays her mean and clueless at the same time. Just really nails it. Uh, Johnny Depp is really good as the Mad Hatter. Kind of a rambling goofball. Uh, slips into different accents at, at different times as part of his character. Um, and then a couple other notable performances. Anne Hathaway is the White Queen, the Red Queen's good sister, basically, who uh, used to rule the land. And uh, Crispin Glover shows up as the Knave of Hearts, the uh, right-hand man for uh, the, the Red Queen. Um, the, re- the performance that really impressed me, though, is uh, Mia, and I wrote this down phonetically so I could get it right, Vashikovska, who plays Alice. Nice. And she does a really good job. You know, she could have easily just played it as a timid girl who's, you know, kind of in the background. But uh, she does a really good job of, you know, getting a foothold amongst all these other big actors. So I, I was really impressed with her performance. Um, I actually had a few complaints about the movie. Um, it actually wasn't long enough. Um and the really? reason I think that is when the movie first starts and she gets into Wonderland, I mean, they immediately jump into, okay, we got to save the world type of 
atmosphere and you're on the run right away. Um, the 3D part really doesn't stick for me well in this movie because, like, when she first gets back to Wonderland, she's walking around, and that part's cool. But after that, I mean, it's a whirlwind tour of the rest of the place. She's indoors a lot, so I didn't really think the 3D was necessary to enjoy this movie. Um, there were no new characters introduced that I'm aware of, so I kind of expected a couple you know, different characters to show up, but that didn't happen. Um, you think they're just popping characters out left and right? Think, one, you know, one or two would have been nice. For quite some time. Yeah, and you... And I thought they'd explore the world a little bit more, but like I said, you know, it's just kind of, okay, you're outdoors here, and then all of a sudden you're at a tea party, and you're in a castle, and you're in a castle, and you're a castle type of thing. No, nothing, I mean, it was missing the wonderment, I guess you could say. Um, another small complaint is they had a lot of silly language use um, and heavy accents based off of the goofiness of the roles, and sometimes that made it hard to understand what the heck they were talking about or saying, so that was a small uh, a small complaint. But How overall, much... I'm sorry, what? Well, how much time did they spend outside of Wonderland? You mean... Like in the beginning and maybe some um, at the end? There's, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of setup to get there. Because they talk about her history a little bit because her dad kind of was a you know, a dreamer like she was. And then uh, he's, he's no longer around when she's an adult and she's okay. with her mom and they're kind of poor off and stuff but out of place at this garden party. And then at the very end, there's a quick wrap-up. So maybe 20 she minutes. She gets of out of Wonderland. You just w- ruined it for everyone. Okay. All right. All right. But, uh, yeah. But overall, it's a good movie. Uh, I wouldn't recommend seeing it in the 3D. It's not – I don't think it's worth it. It's The, the first part's cool, but the rest of it isn't needed. But, uh, yeah. What uh, – I've got to know. So, spoiler alert. How cool was Alan Rickman in it? You know, not as cool as I expected. Oh. You get to know the Caterpillar as this goofball, you know, just kind of – but he was more of a refined character, and mm. I mean, he was good, and it was cool. His voice suited the role very well, but the character itself wasn't all that goofy. And the the, uh, the Cheshire Cat was kind of I don't know toned down a little bit too, in my opinion. It's bullshit. So, but a good, like I said, a good movie. Just I expect that a little bit more. Awesome. So go out and see it. And, and... yeah, non 3D. I would say not 3D. Yeah. Awesome. Just a uh, real quick plug. I actually uh, went to the um, Museum of Modern Art in Midtown Manhattan this weekend um, with my lovely girlfriend to go see the Tim Burton exhibition that was being put on there. Okay. Really, really, really cool. For all of our New York listeners, really recommend you uh, go see it while it's going on. Uh, a lot of his early art and stuff, and then kind of like the Planet Hollywood like props and stuff like right. that. But uh, a lot of the stuff from the movies was really awesome, and his early art is really, really cool. Uh, gives me a newfound interest and respect for Tim Burton. Uh, now, now you said this was an art museum? Yeah, yeah, the, okay. uh, the Museum of Modern Art said it's, uh, well, like, starry, the Starry Night's there, and, um, gotcha. like, half of Andy Warhol's stuff. It's, Mu- it's a cool museum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right. Awesome. So that moves on to my review, which isn't actually much of a review. I saw a couple movies, too. All of them have been reviewed or watched, someone's watched them before, and... There wasn't really much to talk about. Uh, I did see The Room. Jeff Jeff uh, had me see that, and we have it saved for The Room Night later on because uh, this movie, which Jeff, Jeff had discussed many times before, and I actually was a contestant in our uh, little March Madness thing last week, uh, was very funny. It's uh, – I don't even – I don't have the director's name in front of me, but uh, – Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. Um, yeah, to pretty much – 
get rid of the whole plot situation since it's been discussed before. Um, the movie's set up to be a drama, and it is just so, like Jeff's mentioned before, so bad. And it truly is hilarious. You really do need to see the movie. Um, I know it's not streamable on Netflix, but Jeff has mentioned again. Um, it is. You can get it on Netflix. I don't know how how widely you can actually rent it anywhere else, but you can find it. It's it's out there, and uh, uh, I can't I can't wait to have uh, the rest of the friends together to watch it because it truly is pretty hilarious. I'd recommend watching it and at least. Um, I don't know. Get get three or four people together. It might not so, be. You need, you, go ahead. So in hindsight. You know, did it, did it get the shaft in the, the March Madness bracket? No, it ended up it ended up making its way to the second round, but it still uh, I still think that um, it was it got passed aside when it should have. But, You're tearing me apart, Greg. <laughs> but I did find myself like we stopped it multiple times, and Jeff was uh, sort of walking me through the the parts of it that they're like, oh, this part's a big deal in the whole like cult. Uh, setting of the movie when people go see this, you know, at midnight viewings and shit like that. And I can just see it completely just being hilarious to be a part of. Um, uh, one specific thing I don't think he brought up last time was there's a part when there's like the mom and the main character girl talking and between them, there's just a photo frame with a spoon in it. And apparently at that point of the movie, people are just throwing plastic spoons at the screen. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. It's so stupid. Like there are, I like I got watching results movies. back. I've got cancer. <laughs> I've, got, I've got cancer. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, go try to find it and don't watch it alone. That's for sure. Don't watch it even with one person. Watch it with a group and just have some drinks and have fun with it because it's it's so bad. Don't even try to understand it. Um, but yeah. Anyways, go ahead and go ahead, Jeff. That's uh, that's all I got. Oh, my turn. All right. Um, cool. I saw um, well, I saw Off in the Air, which Jim already reviewed, so I, I don't want to get into it a whole lot. But um, just want to confirm, good movie. Enjoyed it very much. Um, uh, Clooney was good. He, he's he's uh, he's had my heart for a while, though. Uh, I I was really impressed with both uh, Vera Farmiga and um, Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Both, I thought, really good uh, both just excellent. Who do you think um, did better, just out of curiosity? Uh, I think Vera Farmiga. Okay, that's what I thought too. But Anna Kendrick was the one that was getting all the awards talk, or at least over. You know, more than I saw uh, it with uh, saw it with my girlfriend. She liked Anna Kendrick quite a bit better. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like a I don't know, but uh, it's a female thing. It's a female. Yeah. That that could be. I'm just yeah uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but no, I really liked uh, I really liked both of them. Um, thought that some of the small roles uh, were really good too. Just even like a lot of the no namers that were getting fired yeah. were really really good. Young MC um, was really good. Yeah, Young MC was good. Um, a really uh, a couple of things I wanted to bring up. The first thing, the scene where he's going through the line at security at the airport is amazing. Yeah. Just the way they shoot it, that he is just like the expert. It's like a dance for him, and they shoot it so so well. It's really I really like that a lot. Um, it was probably my favorite part of the movie, and also just kind of the um, it's a really really nice theme, and it actually makes me want to read the book, which is. I don't usually watch a movie and then read the book because it's just a weird thing. Um, but uh, it's just the, weird. Well, yeah, I don't know. But the 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 theme of just kind of the, uh, the there's an overarching theme of like personal relationships and personal connections in this, and how they sort of become distorted and uh, and 
uh, it's 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 very interesting, and I, I really really got a kick out of kind of the uh, I don't want to say like the moral, but the theme of this I thought was a really interesting theme, and I think it was a really way really good uh, way of examining that theme of personal connections versus uh, kind of impersonal uh, internet or whatever it is stuff. So the internet is that is that what you were reviewing, or did you have no no yeah? But I also saw uh, year one. Uh, <laughs> That was a mistake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was thrown in with the idea that we weren't going to pay attention. Right, to. right. Well, yeah, I I have a very difficult time falling asleep when there's a movie I haven't seen on the television, um, and uh, this this was no exception. Uh, year one, yeah, starring Jack Black and Michael Sarah, uh, directed by Harold Ramis. How when we fall, we fall hard. <laughs> um, it's sort of like a confused amalgamation of like the Old Testament and I don't know what caveman crap and uh, like Roman mythology sort of um, and I don't know there I guess there were a couple parts that were sort of funny but overall just bad like bad jokes and, and like just the same like predictable bad jokes like oh you're a caveman so the women have hairy armpits <laughs> oh that's a good one and like you know just i don't know i'm just i'm totally unimpressed by this movie i really um i had heard nothing good about it but i really wanted to kind of give it a shot because i don't know i like harold ramus and david cross plays a pretty big role in it, and i like david cross and a lot of a lot of people it's it's one of those like apatow productions movies and a lot of a lot of good people in it so i figured hey maybe you know there will be some gems there were a couple parts that were like chuckle worthy um but not not good the, i think my favorite part was towards the beginning where um What's his name? Bill Hader's playing like, and you can't tell it's him. Yeah, he, uh, he's in like full-on makeup and stuff. But he's playing like a shaman talking to uh, Jack Black about why he has to leave the village. And he's just like, "You really fucked the pooch, man. I know we're buddies, but like, fuck, dude, you you really really messed up." And I thought that was kind of funny. But aside from that, bad movie, bad movie. Uh, Olivia Wilde's in it though. So. It's Olivia Wilde week today. Uh, my, I find that. With Jack Black, as with uh, Will Ferrell, there are just people that have just got tired of the same shtick. Is that your situation with Jack Black? Did you ever like him? Do you like him in general, or what? I can't think of anything outside of High Fidelity that I've really liked Jack Black in. Right. Help me out here. Any any Anything I'm missing? Uh, didn't think it was that bad at School Rock. There the was Jackal, that. come on. The Jackal. Or he gets point blown day, away. Um, yeah, I'd have to say right. Fidelity. His arm really falls cool. off. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess no. It's just really he's the same guy in everything. And I was curious if that had rubbed, I guess, uh, has uh, not rubbed off, but it sort of faded away for you, that comedy. Because he is good in High Fidelity, but it's the same shit he does in everything else. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess he's also tempered. Like he's not the main character. You exactly. Get, yeah. You get fifteen yeah. seconds of Jack Black, and then you're back to you know right. normal human style stuff. So, he's a little yeah. bit meaner in High Fidelity too. Yeah, I think that's true. He's yeah, he's less uh, he's less just wild. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Will Ferrell's a very apt comparison. 
Right, right. So no one goes to year one, although Harold Ramis could use the money. So maybe you should. Maybe you should. Harold Ramis is a good guy. It's a good guy. Uh, and, yeah, that brings us full, full round to our next feature of the day, which we're actually uh, continuing our March Madness movie month here. Uh, last week, if you had list- if uh, you caught the last podcast, we talked about um, we pretty much talked about unintentional movie comedies, movies that were going head to head to see which would be the funniest movie that wasn't intended to be funny. And I got shafted per usual, per usual. I, yeah, think-, I think my uh, my suggestion won, didn't it? Yeah, I have no idea how. <laughs> Rambo definitely didn't deserve it. Uh, (laughs) Congo probably did. Whatever thing stands against Rambo in a fight, who's going to win? It's not called Rambo. It's called First Blood. (laughs) Whatever, whatever. That's what he does, though. That's what he does. He defies the odds. (laughs) Everyone's out to get him. They drew First Blood. Uh, Right, so this week... We're going to do uh, another different theme. We're going to do uh, different themes for every week of, the, of March. Uh, and our theme for this March Madness Movie Matchup Month is, or Movie Matchup Episode of the Month, would more, more apt, is uh, Actors Famous for One Role. And to describe that a little more, just anything where an actor just, I guess, maybe even established themselves with one role, and that was all they were known for. Maybe it was a great role. Maybe it was just... A decent role, but they did nothing else from then on. I don't know. That was sort of my criteria going into this. We sort of uh, brainstormed all together get, to get our eight, our eight uh, people for today. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll start by introducing the field. We have eight people. The first seed of our, uh, I guess this might be our other conference. We might we might call this. Uh, we have Mark Hamill. And are we are we just gonna say? Uh, yeah, okay. Mark Hamill, number one seed. Uh, number two, we have Paul Rubens. Number three, we have Roger Moore. Four, Leonard Nimoy. Five, we have Robert England. Six, Louise Fletcher. I said Louise again. Lu- Louise Fletcher. Seven, Christopher Lloyd. And eight, we have none other than Macaulay Culkin. Of course, Macaulay Culkin. Nice. Now, did I describe it right? Is that sort of how you guys approach this? Sounded pretty good to me. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool, cool. So, uh, again, we're going to be doing our seeds one through eight, uh, one and eight go, two and seven, three and six, four and five, and each one of us is championing one of the actor actresses through the tournament. And depending on who gets eliminated, we might have to change in between. But then another one of us will be playing the arbitrator. And the first matchup, we're going to be doing Mark Hamill. First, Macaulay Culkin. Mark Hamill, I believe, is going to be played. We're going to be uh, represented by James. Is that correct? Or yep. Okay. And then we have Jeff playing uh, playing the the fighter for Macaulay Culkin. So uh, good luck, gentlemen. I will be arbitrating. And, uh, yeah. No drawing blood. And Jeff is low seed. Uh, I'll give you first shot like normal. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you. The low seed. The so, bad seed. It's, it's an honor. It's an honor. <laughs> Uh, just to just to go up against uh, the great Mark Hamill, um, the great Mark Hamill. You know he is he does such a great job with his voices on the uh, the cartoons and everything. Still, just doing an awesome job with the voices on the cartoon. <laughs> he was in some movies in the seventies. Pandering, um, but uh, he. Uh, but what I want to say here is Macaulay Culkin. 
And I know when you think about Macaulay Culkin, you think about Home Alone because that's the only thing to think about. Is there any actor more stuck in his role than the child actor? I mean, he was so cute, and he was in two of them, and it was just wonderful. I mean, he was so great in that. And, and even when you see him now in, like, uh, some terrible movie that he's in, like, uh, Saved, all you're thinking about is him slapping his face because he put aftershave on and it hurts and that's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really don't have a lot more to say. I mean, I rest my case. The kid, the poor kid. <laughs> Think poor about kid. the children. <laughs> poor kid. Just, you're growing up, you're Home Alone kid. You're Kevin McAllister for, for the rest of your life. He is Kevin McAllister. I thought you liked Saves. I feel betrayed. No, no, <laughs> no incorrect. I, I hated it. I, I think I was the one that said I didn't mind save because I didn't like Macaulay Culkin and anything else. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm uh, representing Mark Hamill as Greg mentioned, um, and frankly, he pretty much speaks for himself. But just to kind of you know put this in perspective, he was the face of probably the biggest phenomenon in our movie lives, the Star Wars phenomenon. It may not be the highest grosser to date, but this movie, I mean, it changed the way movies are done, basically. And he was the, the grand hero of it all. Um, and he may have been overshadowed a little bit by, you know, the, the great charisma of the Han Solo role. But Mark Hamill is Darth the heart Vader. of everything. <laughs> yes, and, you know, Darth Vader, one of, you know, the greatest uh, villains of all time is his father. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> but... And Jeff brought up a, a great point here. I mean, Mark Hamill, he's done virtually nothing else because he's been typecast into this role so well. I mean, his only other role I can think of is Cockknocker in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, and, Where he basically and, is playing Luke Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. And he, yeah, he know, has had I, to resort I, I, to voice work. I mean, because he cannot, you know, exist in the acting world anymore. Jeff, last words? Jim's right. <laughs> I, I, I just, I can't. I, there's just no way I'm winning this. Mark Hamill's not getting droned in this round. It's just not happening. Oh man, oh. I don't feel the righteous indignance that I did when I was defending the room as an eight seed. Colkin deserves his eight seed. He barely squeezed in. Uh, all right, all right. He's right. He's right. I'll be granting uh, Star Wars with Luke Skywalker. On its back, <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars is the vehicle in which Luke Skywalker goes into the next round. Congratulations, Luke, <laughs> aka Mark Hamill. Uh, right, right. We'll see if anyone can dethrone him later. We'll see who meets up in the next round. Okay, so that that means Macaulay Culkin set aside. We're moving on to our second matchup. Uh, we have uh, <laughs> Paul Rube. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be taking uh, Pee Wee here? Who's Pee Wee? Uh, that's me. Oh, that's me. Uh, Jeff. And I like. Thank you very much for referring to him by his. <laughs> Real name. Point. So you're making my first pick. Right. <laughs> and uh, Christopher Lloyd will be uh, represented by myself, Greg, and uh, James will be arbitrating. So uh, Paul is uh, is second seed. I'm seventh. So Who? I guess, so I, I guess <laughs> I should start. Oh, man. So Christopher Lloyd, which on the top, off the top of your head, you probably can't think of another movie he's been in. But I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> Wait a second. Angels uh, in the Outfield? <laughs> Erroneous. Erroneous, yeah. Angels in the Outfield. Um, 
How about, how about your favorite, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Here are some things that he's been in that are huge movies that you probably don't even remember him being in because the only thing that sticks Man out in your mind when you think of Christopher Lloyd is Doc Brown from Back to the Future, as it should be because it was such a phenomenal series. Even the second one, Jim, I don't, I don't want to hear the second one was a bad film. Jeff, even being my enemy here, would have to agree that the second one is fantastic. The second one's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. So, well, the guy why? from Taxi was in it too, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, yes, he actually did have a TV role, which uh, may or may not have got him into the Hollywood business. But it was just television. Taxi, Taxi was in his first his first role in a movie was actually One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which was a huge movie, but not many people know he was actually in it. He I knew was, that. He was also in Mr. Mom. Did you know he was in Star Trek Three, Mr. I haven't seen a Star Trek other than the recent ones. So, no, I didn't actually know that he was in Star Trek III. Anyhow, Christopher Lloyd is the kooky, mad scientist that built a time machine out of a DeLorean. And he will always be that for the rest of our lives. And he pretty much hasn't been in anything from then on that will take that away from him. Jeffrey? You done? Uh, until you put your terrible case up, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you're not just deferring here. I, you know, it's <laughs> nice. It's nice that Christopher Lloyd made it in, but Greg, like I said, you made my first point for he me. He fought long and hard to get who knows, here. Who knows who Paul Rubin is? <laughs> Us, and then maybe like twelve. The other guy people. from Blow. His family? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like that joke. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, the guy from Blow, indeed. Um, but. Uh, who knows who Pee Wee Herman is? Everyone knows who Pee Wee Herman is. Pee Wee Herman, it, I mean, first of all, it's not it's not it's not just it's it's not just a movie. It's it's a personality. It's it's this whole it's it's his whole persona that he that he's created. Nobody knows him as Paul Rubin. When he shows up in a movie, people go, "Oh, who's in that movie?" They go, "Ah, uh, Pee Wee Herman." Uh, you know, nobody goes, "Doc Brown was in it." They say Christopher Lloyd because they know his name. Didn't uh, so, didn't Pee Wee Herman start with uh, what was it? I think it was a TV show. Um, yeah, Pee Wee Herman's uh, Playhouse. Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, that's right. right. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Not Paul Rubin's stars in. Uh, Doc Brown's Playhouse. <laughs> yeah, no, Pee Wee Playhouse. Um, you know, I don't even want to exhaust my arguments on this. I, I feel like the last thing I need to say, though, is that Christopher Lloyd, uh, according to IMDb, has been involved in a lot of these are voice talents, granted, I'm, I, but a lot of them aren't. Has been involved in 144 projects. Uh, Paul Rubin's a lot less than that, so just, uh, you know. Yeah, which here. speaks more and more to the point that even after all those projects being done, he's still known for just this role. But he's not, though. I mean, he's the he's the bad guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That doesn't count. That's a tune. That's voice acting. He's a tune in that movie. Doesn't count. Erroneous. Right. I've made my decision, and I love Doc Brown, but it's got to go to... Whoa, whoa, hold on. Did you know that Christopher Lloyd is going to be in Piranha 3D coming <laughs> soon? He already made his decision. And this isn't who's had a cooler career. Fine, fine. Sorry, sorry, Doc. Couldn't help you this time. We'll go back in time and change the <laughs> change results. My decision. We'll we'll fix this. We'll fix this. We can do. Greg, it. you put up a you put up a, a strong fight. Right. I had to drop an argument that I didn't want to. <laughs> you want to save the later round? <laughs> uh, all right. So we move on to our next matchup. We have Raja Mo, played uh, represented by Jim, I believe, and we have 
Louise Fletcher, represented by Jeff, and I will be arbitrating. Uh, Roger is uh, the third seed, and Louise is the sixth. So Jeff will be starting first. Louise Fletcher, for those who don't know, um, is in a uh, won an Academy Award for a movie that Greg mentioned earlier. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, she was she played Nurse Ratched. Um, she has been in some stuff since. Uh, you probably wouldn't know it though. Um, I, I guess she's in Heroes now. Jim, does she have a prominent role in Heroes? Uh, she appeared in one episode. Yes, yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, but she won. Like I said, won the Academy Award for that. Um, and afterwards was uh, was was completely uh, not not only typecast, but actually uh, there were several incidences of her being like verbally abused because she uh, because people thought she was like people saw that movie and thought she kind of was that person. Like uh, it, and uh, this is this is documented actually that, that people got angry at her like in real life because she was they thought that she was nurse nurse ratchet. Um, yeah, she just just phenomenal in that role, um, and uh, and lived it uh, apparently. Well, like uh, we discussed, I'm representing Roger Moore, and everyone knows Roger Moore as a very famous name, none other than James Bond, one of the greatest heroes of all time. Um, it has been done by a couple other people, but no one appeared more times as James Bond than Roger Moore. In fact, he even replaced the. Oh, so great, Sean Connery. So that you know gives you some perspective on how great Roger Moore is known for <laughs> James Bond. Um, in fact, if you go through his list of other credits, really you you might be able to recognize two other movies that he's been in by title. One being Cannibal Run, which he plays pretty much a spoof of his James Bond role, and the other one being Spice World, which he did so poorly that he was nominated for a Razzie. So he's definitely could only do James Bond. Um, and much like uh, Louise Fletcher, um, in 1973, Roger Moore also took home an Oscar for Best Actor, even though it was by accident. He did take it home. Uh, what? Yeah, Brando <laughs> won. He didn't show up for it. So uh, Roger Moore uh, got to take it home until you know it got to the proper hands. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, you can't. I mean, you really can't mess with the James Bond name. Just the fame alone puts you, you know, across thousands of movie screen so I, I think oh you know I, I did say he wasn't the most but that's seven Bond films so that's a lot of exposure for being famous for this one role hmm. no, I think uh, that's that's great they uh, he, he definitely was uh, one of the one of the guys that played James Bond no doubt about it uh, you know Sean Connery is what I always think of because he was the best at playing that role um, that Roger Moore you know played but uh, that's that's uh you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. He was definitely in more movies, but I guess when there's like 40 of them, that's not really saying much. Most of those movies are mostly <laughs> fucking shit. Yeah, you know, so. and, and seven is more than like one movie, so you know that's pretty good too. And my, my guy could probably get picked out of a lineup. I don't know if anyone could recognize Louise Fletcher these days, or I could. <laughs> now you both have some good points, but I think they're a little off topic. Um, what we're looking at here, what uh, my criteria in front of me. Is I'm forming a box here. Like this is my criteria. Uh, we're looking for people that are stuck, not typecast, because typecast that's a different thing. We're looking for something else that they established themselves as this role and couldn't get out of it. Roger Moore, you uh, well, that's Jim. what typecast means. Actually, that's exactly what typecast means. Um, we're talking about a character, not 
the exact we're not talking about a type of role we're talking about a character a person a fictional character or a literary character not a type of which i think would be type cast um thank you jeff though uh anyways i was gonna side on uh jeff's louis louis fletcher side but since he's trying to correct me maybe i'll second guess it uh but no the the lady literally like jeff said um had pointed out she's been pretty much assaulted i'm sure roger moore has been had girls thrown at him but jim didn't That's say that tough. and it's it's not it's not, it's <laughs> but not jim didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> sorry roger moore should have had a better argument yeah. <laughs> Um, Roger Moore's probably better than Louise Fletcher, but those words didn't come out of Jim's mouth. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was not said in debate time. But yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm actually gonna let uh, uh Louise Fletcher go on. And uh Roger Moore, I'm sorry. Uh I love you, but you can't make it. So uh yeah. Nurse Ratchet's on her way to the big leagues. Sorry, Roger. Hey, you know Roger Moore, just uh live and let die. <laughs> I hope you had that one locked and loaded. No, no, I didn't. Uh, I was just looking at IMDb. <laughs> what, what stupid pun in honor of James Bond can I use here? Oh, right, right. Okay, so that brings us to our fourth set. We've got the fourth and fifth seeds going head-to-head, the, the most intense clash probably of the tournament. We have fourth seed Larry Nimoy represented by myself and the fifth seed Robert England represented by Jim. And – uh Jim, you uh, uh, Jeff will be arbitrating, and Jim, start when ready. Freddy Krueger, <laughs> one of the greatest horror villains of all time. Robert England got to play this guy. He played him eight times. He's become so famous that he even played Freddy in an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Had his own TV show called Freddy's Nightmares. That's how locked in he is to this role. He was voted number 51 movie character of all time from Premier Magazine. And for being a killer, you know, a mass murderer type person, number 51 is pretty good. <laughs> and if that's not enough, he's from our own Oakland University's drama school. Ooh, hitting home. <laughs> hitting home. I like that. I like Boy, that. You got your work cut out for you, sir. Uh, I don't have any work to do, really. Uh, Leonard Nimoy's done plenty of work for me. Um, so, Leonard Nimoy, you might not recognize the name, but it is uh, our love, loved character, Spock. For Now, this is going to be hard because Jeff hasn't seen Star Trek, so at least not his father's Star Trek. So, we're going to have to explain to him how important uh, Star Trek was for everyone. Uh, Star Trek was actually a long-lived TV show and Spock was the only reason people watched it. It's actually Jeff, you're more of a you're more of a philosophical like you like thinking about things in terms of how the universe works and how why we are the way we are, right? That's sort of like I, your your second I, I nature. Do, I do like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So Spock and his race of Vulcans, which I actually I guess they're supposed to be a species of Vulcans. Um are all about trying to figure out what's the best scenario Best situation for their. Wait, 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 wait. Slow down. Okay. So, like, could a Vulcan and a human have, like, a kid? All right. <laughs> the reason Jeff's bringing this is up because we've argued it, and it's something that you would you would see on, like, the what, what is it? The Big Bang Theory was 
they're supposed to be separate species, but somehow uh, they have sex and have offspring. And Spock is actually okay, so half now the question half is, can Spock <laughs> have kids? Because right. I mean, like a horse and a donkey can can it can you know right. make you have a butt. <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm sure can they have viable offspring, Greg. I'm I'm pretty sure Vulcan. <laughs> Your argument hinges on whether or not. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Spock can fucking have an offspring. Fuck what? <laughs> um, another any animal. other humanoid <laughs> humanoid species from the Star Trek? What if she's universe? green? What's that? What if she's green? <laughs> um, then she'd be a a logical uh, logical green slash Vulcan eared. Spawn. I feel like at some point, I mean, like, you're only a quarter logical. It makes you, like, just a little bit more logical than people. I, uh... It's not in the All right, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just philosophy. I hate to all say right. this, but Spock is half Vulcan, half human. Yeah, yeah, I know. So That's what I was... Yeah. The, the logic is obviously that they he can. <laughs> well, just... Well, no, no, no. no, no talking about... Can, like, a dog and a horse can have sex, and they have a mule, and then the mule can't have kids. Correct. That's how that works. Oh, So, yeah, Stock, I, Stock I, I might be a mule. Yeah, Stock... Okay, anyways, let's get let's get back on track here. Um, <laughs> like... With Greg, Mark- your time is up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're way over With, with, Mark, with uh, the Mark Hamill uh, exact scenario, Star Trek is its own culture. Like, we talk about movies where... Star Trek is part of that universe, but really, movies are part of Star Trek's universe. It's a huge, expanding literature, film. There's probably crazy art out there that I haven't even seen. And so much fan-based material based on this series alone and Spock the character alone that I don't know how you even get Freddy Krueger on the map. Like, yeah, horror movies are cool when I was five, but I don't know if Freddy Krueger would, would mean anything now. Go ahead. Okay. That's what I got. So, Jim, rebuttal? Um, no, I think we spent enough time on uh, Spock sex, so we'll just get to your answer on this one. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to tell you guys what it's going to come down to. Um, I uh, During this entire thing, I, I'd never heard of Robert England before we started doing this, so I had to look him up. Leonard Nimoy I was a little more familiar with. Um, so I looked both of them up on IMDb just to kind of check out their uh, you know their credentials. Uh Going by just how many things start with Star Trek versus how many things start with Freddy or Night Before Christmas, um, Spock's doing really well. However, um, also, I looked at their ultimate alternate names, and Spock, uh, or Leonard Nimoy, has two. Uh, Leonard Nimoy with an E instead of an I, and Frank Force. Frank Force. I don't, I don't know what that's about exactly. Um Alternate names for Robert England. Uh, the first one, very telling. I'm pretty Robert sure me and Greg didn't even need to be here, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, uh, otherwise, I'd be crazy. Um, Robert Freddie England, very telling, very telling. And the second one, Robert and Nancy England. <laughs> what do you make of that? <laughs> All right, so it's got to be Spock. The Robert England, are, uh, you you gave the best argument. I I wouldn't have given him the time of day, Jim. You gave him the <laughs> best argument, but it's got to be Spock. I'm sorry, Spock has to go on. 
All right. Awesome. Awesome. Leonard Nimoy, congratulations. You moved on to the next round. Let's speed up, speed through this. Our next matchup for the beginning of the second round, we have Mark Hamill, the, the first seed, me hitting up against – do we actually have them? No, that's not right. I've got to change it. Sorry. We have Mark Hamill up against me – Leonard Nimoy, uh, Mark Hamill being represented by uh, Jim is this happening? and Jeff. Yeah, this is we've got two worlds colliding here. <laughs> Mark Hamill, Leonard Nimoy. I'm the second. I'm the lowest seed, so I have to start, and uh, Jeff will be arbitrating. <clears throat> Trek versus Wars. Wow. Yeah, Star Wars versus Star Trek. Uh, this is going to be tough. I, I actually did not foresee this happening, and um, I must admit, this I might could very well be a championship round. Right, it could be. It definitely could be. Uh, so I guess to compare, Mark Hamill played the main character of this movie, while Spock wasn't really the focus of the Star Trek series. Yet he was actually more memorable than all the rest of the characters, maybe even combined. You have William Shatner, who was also sort of pegged just as Captain Kirk, but he doesn't have the same touch Leonard Nimoy Spock had. Spock brought like serious questions into he's pretty much uh, what's the word? Not not a foil but I, I wish I knew my, uh, my, my speak here, my uh, terms. But Kirk changes and learns, the, the, pretty much learns more about himself through Spock's character. Spock is the guy that teaches everybody on that fucking ship what to do. And from then on, his character's been, I don't know, pretty much uh, the coolest kid in town. I, I, I really have uh, no much, not much more to say. Uh, I totally disagree. Spock is a tool for Shatner to use <laughs> in his leading of a group of people through outer space and learning about alien races. Mark Hamill, as Luke Skywalker, is the moral is center. <laughs> he may be a tool in general, <laughs> but he's the moral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the moral center of the entire series. He's got the, the the internal struggles going on. He's got to duke it out with the biggest badasses, the Emperor and Darth Vader. He goes one on one with all these guys. Whereas Spock, he is pretty cool, but he's part of a team. He he consults. And that's like where I, I think like the big... gotten away from the theme of this. I want to talk more about Mark Hamill and Leonard Nimoy. All right. How, how about this? Has Mark Hamill... Um, uh, did Mark Hamill show up in the next, the latest episode? Well, not, it wouldn't be latest, but did he show up in episode one, two, or three of the Star Wars series? Because oh, not even George Lucas has the hootspot to pull something. <laughs> <laughs> No, because his embryonic sure self Nimoy was not there. No, that, that, it, strike that from the record, Miss. That's <laughs> no, that, we're, we're, that, that that's not being admitted as evidence. I'm sorry. That Leonard Nimoy was in the in the recent la- relaunch of Star Trek with yes, yet another that's spot. Fine, but it, it's it's irrelevant. <laughs> strike it from the record. Irrelevant. <laughs> I I. It, I, I, I no, it doesn't doesn't count as evidence at all for for his. I, I like your. I see. I see where you're going with this. But you're, you're badgering the witness. What's okay. interesting is, just to compare how uh, close Mark Hamill and uh, Leonard Nimoy should be and how hard of a decision it must be, is both of them have turned straight to voice acting other than their primary, hey, I am Spock, and he is Lou Skywalker. Like, Spock is, or and I'm calling him Spock now, Jesus. Uh, Leonard Nimoy has done everything Star Trek, 
all the time, other than Have just you ever voice. heard of Galvatron? Come on. <laughs> Galvatron, yeah, I remember. That was voice acting. Huh. Interesting. Well, let me say oh. one thing about Mark Hamill. Another one of our nominees, Robert England, he tried out for the rule of Luke Skywalker. And where he failed, Mark Hamill won. He became Luke Skywalker. So right there, you know he's born to play this role. And then he gets stuck in it, like you said, doing voice acting. So I think this, Mark this Hamill is just made for this role. This court is ready to rule. This is, and I'm glad we gave this one a little extra time because this, like you guys said, I think is the championship round. I, I think that my Paul Rubin might have a chance, but I, uh, um, on one hand, you've got Spock, and certainly the Star Trek culture is a lot more in depth than the uh, than the Star Wars culture. And on the other hand, you've got uh, you, you've got you've got Luke, you've got. Uh, you know the, the the original generation Xer, as Chuck Klosterman uh, put him, so interesting. Doesn't want to join the family business, just lazy all the time. Uh, yeah, and uh, and that's uh, so. I think I have to go with whose career was more destroyed by there being this person, and it's Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill wins. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, so we move on to our second matchup of the second round. Uh, this is going to be interesting because we have Paul Rubin, uh, the second seed, and uh, Louis Fletcher. Louis Louis. I want to say Louis. Uh, yeah, no, Louis. Uh, Louis Fletcher, both both represented by Jeff, uh, the second and third or second and sixth seed. So uh, Jeff needs to pick somebody to represent. Drag, uh, take Louis. Okay, all right. Um, since I. Fashioned her all the way uh, into the second round, uh, and Jim will be arbitrating. So I guess uh, I will be starting. Yep. Uh, Nurse Ratchet, Nurse Ratchet, way to start. Uh, just like the Robert England connection, not many actually know Louise Fletcher. <laughs> Louise, I just—it's just the way I say it. I say it fast. <laughs> Louise. I say Gerg. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Gerg. Go ahead, Gerg. <laughs> Louise. It's like I need to stretch it out. Louise Fletcher. Um. I actually did not know her name for a long time, and what's funny is, uh, uh, I think you guys mentioned she was in Heroes. She actually showed up again in uh, a recent episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, not so recent, but a recent show, and she reprises her role pretty much as Nurse Fletcher in that show, How and how much how much later? This is like 22 years later or something. Um, I'm not so sure... Uh, Paul Rubin has anything like that going on. I know he's been in Blow. I know he, I don't think Pee Wee's doing anything right now. He's just hanging out. But uh, maybe I guess maybe that's a, a plus for him or a negative. But at least she's still alive, running her same role, and she's stuck with it. And not only that, um, I don't think Paul Rubin's won any Oscars. And uh, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe he's. I'm sure he's probably written wrote a child. He'd go to jail. He probably he probably wrote a children's book, but I don't think he uh, won an Academy Award. The Academy Award is 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 a good point. And you know what, Greg, I'm 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 proud of you. You did a great job with Louise Fletcher. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Pee Wee Herman, come on! I mean, it, 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 I feel like you see that guy in the street, and 
you don't again most people don't know the guy's name i mean and he's famous very famous in fact when he got caught masturbating in that theater the new york post headline was no Pee Wee, no so i mean that's come on peewee peewee i've got nothing else his name is peewee herman all right Paul Rubens is dead. There's no such thing as that. It's Pee Wee Herman. Well, it seems like, you know, both candidates, no one knows their, you know, true name, Louise Fletcher or Paul Rubens. So he comes down to Nurse Ratched, Pee Wee Herman, and I got to go with Pee Wee Herman. I mean, everyone knows him as Pee Wee Herman, and I think he's just got a lot more exposure. Sorry, Louise, you put up a good run. <laughs> a lot more exposure, huh? Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> See what I accidentally did there? Yeah, right. Uh, right, right. Yeah. All right, awesome, awesome. So we end up in our final round. This oh, is no. interesting. Yeah. I did not A couple heavyweights. I, I did. <laughs> First seed, making it all the way, Mark Hamill, represented by James himself. Against the second seed, I just didn't, I just didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, Paul Rubin, represented by Jeff, which means I will be arbitrating for the final round, and that brings us back again to the Pee Wee Herman side. Any uh, any final thoughts on uh, him versus Mark Hamill? It's <laughs> a tough one. I saw this one coming. Well, you want to cut for I coffee? Said, you want to cut for this coffee? Is, this is why I said just. Uh, that I wanted either Mark Hamill or Pee Wee Herman because I knew one of them would win. Um, yeah. Uh, Any specific points uh, just against Mark Hamill or anything that, comparatively to Paul Rubin? No. No. You know, I mean, the only thing is – the only thing that I'd like to say is that Pee Wee Herman is a full-on alter ego – that this person that Paul Rubens created for himself and is now stuck in, um, whereas Mark Hamill played a role created by someone else, um, and he, you know, he, he arguably did decent at it, not that great really, but you know, because the movies were so cool, uh, he he's been stuck into it. But Paul Rubens he did this to himself. He, it's it's a prison of his own making. The uh, the gray suit and the red bow tie, and I I just. I really think that that sets him over the edge as the most stuck in what he's done. Um, and, you know, I think also that his his personal indiscretions have, have kind of solidified it as well. I think that uh, that maybe if Mark Hamill had, you know, occasionally gone to an adult theater, <laughs> yeah, you know, that maybe, maybe he would have the, the same sort of uh, mythology and lore about him, but... Pee Wee Herman did those things. Uh, you know, maybe Mark, if Mark Hamill had, who knows? But Pee Wee Herman did them. And we know that Pee Wee Herman wears a red bow tie. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say real quickly that, uh, yes, these I agree with Jeff that these two are definitely the heavyweights. Um, and I do agree with a lot of what Jeff is saying. And, you know, there's... Th- you know, Pee Wee's flourishing with his, where Mark Hamill's, you know, stuck with his. But I think the one thing that might put Mark Hamill over the edge is Pee Wee made his character and became famous for his character through TV first, whereas Mark did it in three movies. So Pee Wee brought that character to the movies, and I think that may be a deciding factor. 
I'll leave it up oh, to the judge. Oh, so you're going with the this is the movie hour angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not, not sure if the judge will agree with that, but I'll throw that out there. I, I have to say, if that if that I I think if the argument can be framed that way properly, then then you then you probably win. I I, I was thinking, <laughs> wait a minute, what movie star. <laughs> What movie um, star uh, is most stuck in their character? But but yeah, I um, I totally I, I understand where you're coming from there, but I don't think that's really the argument, is it, Jim? Well, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll let the judge decide. So we do, like you mentioned, two heavyweights. I guess it is no surprise that the one and two seeds meet in the finals. Should have seen this coming a long time ago. I just did not know that I'd be under the pressure of being the one to decide their fate. Uh, you end up any worse than first blood. <laughs> First blood, first blood. Uh, right. So I guess the thing I want to point out and the thing that uh, was sort of mentioned, alluded to by Jeff, is Paul Rubens is a psycho. And I don't know if you've seen him do interviews, but any interview I've seen, which I've seen two that I can think of, he just acts as Pee Wee. Like he doesn't – he pretty much does the laugh. He does the whole thing. Like he's pretty much living – this yeah, thing. He, he shows up to award ceremonies <laughs> at Pee Wee Herman, or he, not anymore, but he did. I mean, that, that, that was him. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think he's a character anymore, is what I'm trying to say. He's That's him. He's just walking around being well, crazy. It's like 1991. <laughs> he was actually just on Conan on his last week, actually. As <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, so, my point being. It's beyond a character now, and some we should probably. This is a situation where we just sacrifice. Not he's not an idol, but we just take these people and sacrifice them for our entertainment. And we've created this monster that is Paul Rubin, and we should probably get him some help. But we'll probably just keep laughing. Or maybe an award, yeah. uh, <laughs> like a like a, Um But the the award is going to be going. It helped Mike Tyson. <laughs> The word will be going to Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. And, uh, <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. And uh, maybe if we, maybe we'll do a Paul Rubin like telethon and try to get him some help and see if we can. Uh, I don't know. Maybe help put him, put out his next movie, which will then gross enough money for his uh, his own treatment. And, and he see. has been uh, trying to write. It, apparently, since like the year two thousand, I was reading up on him. He's been trying to write two different. Uh, movies one is like dark and sick about peewee herman like and like the the light like the the peewee herman story and another one's like another peewee's playhouse type thing (laughs) yeah yeah i'm pretty sure there's the plans to make a peewee playhouse movie but the idea is it's the first time they leave the playhouse and they're out like in the playhouse world but they're outside the playhouse and yeah anyhow uh so congratulations uh to mark hamill is in order uh he is he's the winner of our actors famous for one role in our March Madness movie matchup month, congratulations! You you now get to uh, move on to the star round with with Rambo. Uh, so that brings us to our last feature, closing closing the the episode. We've got our Parker Posey play along. Our last week's Parker Posey play along was James, correct? Uh, and Jim's question was what? Uh, if you had the opportunity to make a movie, what kind of movie would you make? Right. And did you have any uh, specific shout outs or comments you have? Uh, not particularly. Didn't get a whole lot of responses, I think, uh, to actual responses. So I just want to thank uh, Katie and, and Varys for putting in the time for it. Right. I blame myself particularly, and also Jeff. But, I uh, again, myself, I just need to be uh, 
little bit more active and playing more God with the boards. It needs an update. Gungapit.com needs a little bit of a, a touch-up. It needs some prettiness. Some sparkles. Maybe some flash animations. We'll see. We'll get some ads up there. Yeah, it'll be Ads awesome. would be good. Ads would be good. Uh, wh- but anyhow, that brings us to my question, which I had a hard time deciding if this was a good one. I should have used my... Uh, I should have used Rogi as a soundboard because I'm not sure how this one's going to fly. But... I actually had the conversation recently with someone, and I figured it'd make a, a good a good conversation here. I and, still maintain that Spot can't have kids. Um, I wish you know what had I have been a more uh, follower to the original Star Trek TV series of of the genius of Gene Roddenberry, I probably would, could know if Nimoy had sex and was questioning. I really kid. hope we've got a big enough listenership that yeah. someone can chime in. Please it, it, let us know. We we really need to know. Go to gungapit.com and right. post that just anywhere. I was on his wiki page, but I didn't see anything about it. So we'll, we'll have to find out. Uh, anyhow. Uh, right. I'll just start. With I'm the about question. to fix that. I'm going to write my answer in there. Right. <laughs> We're going to go change lots of things. Uh, but my question being, and this is a question that will be up uh, at the boards, com, and also uh, our Facebook page, is just – it's basic, and it's different for everyone. And this was something, again, I had a, a discussion with a friend about. What is your movie theater routine? Everybody seems to have different preferences on you know when they want to be there, who they see it with. What do they eat? Do they just, you know, go there, shut up, and don't talk to anyone and talk – like even look at anyone through the entire movie? Um, and it just, I, I'm curious what, what, uh, what you guys do. And, uh, I, I guess what I'm talking about particularly, like if you want some help, um, are you one of those arrive super early people? Do you just walk in just in time? Do you even care about the previews? You know, do you bring a meal in with you like that guy that's got like a pop and fries and crap like that? Or, uh, yeah. And maybe you only go out of the movies at specific times. Maybe you're only a Thanksgiving movie guy or what, but I'm curious. I'm curious. And, uh, and yeah, like my my typical movie outing, uh, usually with a couple friends, usually just sort of like a spur of the moment kind of thing. Unless there's a movie, uh, I think maybe one or two movies a year that I'll I'll plan ahead and be like, hey, we gotta go see this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I usually actually I'm that guy that wants to be there just in time for the previews. And it, I guess you have to know your theater because they start them at different times, pending, but. At least at our local theater, that means like movie starting time. And I don't bring, I don't do snacks. If I do, it's like a Coke slushy, and that's it. I, I don't really. Uh, I used to do Sour Patch Kids when I was a kid, but then, then I re- yeah, then I realized it just killed me every time. And you sit in the theater just dying. Teeth, your tongue is like yeah, but still right. so delicious. But yeah, like it's for some of us, it's a ritual, and I'm curious what your ritual is. So uh, if James or Jeff, if you know exactly. Uh, I can go, I guess. Um, I I do like to get there early enough to get the previews. I honestly, if it wasn't for the internet, I'd probably be, spend money just to go see previews, like a dollar or something. But uh, and I always have a goal of trying to at least see three new ones that I haven't seen before, which is getting harder and harder in the, the internet days. <laughs> but uh, um, I like to sit where I'm center of screen, but looking up a little bit. So I don't like to look down. So a lot of people like to go to the top of the theater. That's, that's Yeah, I forgot to mention seats. That's yeah, important. That's that's not me. I like to look up just a little bit. Um, as far as food, I definitely uh, I definitely usually do a Coke. Um, I've been known to smuggle them in from time to time, but a lot of times I'll get the theater Coke. 
Uh, popcorn, I only do it if somebody else is doing it. And on a rare occasion, I'll do candy, usually Twizzlers or uh, Reese's Pieces. Twizzlers. But, uh, yeah, and sometimes I like to stay through the end credits, but it depends on what the end credits are like. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So end credits mainly for what? Like you'd, things you'd expect, like maybe like thrillers and comedies or something, but nothing else? Um, I just, like, if the end credits, if I'm trying to find out if, uh, you know, somebody voiced a certain person or if I thought somebody was in it that, you know, I was looking for, or there's something going on with the credits, like they're showing anything, really. I mean, right, or, or right. if I'm just, sometimes if the music's there, I'll just, like, if it's a good song or something, I'll even sit through it and let everyone filter out. If it's a sweet lick. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Just like I don't want to fight the crowd, I'll just wait till everyone else moves. So I, I can be very content just to wait for it to empty out. Do you have any movie ritual like days? Like, oh, I'm going to the movies today. I do it every year. Um, I like to go at night. I'm not a big afternoon. I like to go in the afternoon for to save money, but it doesn't feel the same as going at night for some reason. Right. Interesting point. Interesting point. And oh. I've gone a couple times on my own, and actually, it's not a bad experience. So I don't like to. Talk. I like. That. Yeah, I mean. I, the talking during the movie never happens for me unless I know it's a shitty movie and I can say, oh, that's so-and-so right now. Yeah, or when, something like that. when the whole theater is involved, it's really fun. Like when you go and see like Jason X or something like that, right. and everybody in the theater is just shouting at the screen, that's fun. But yeah, people who talk during movies should shampoo my crotch. Um, <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I guess I'm up. Um, no, I, I think for the most part I agree with you guys. Uh, you know, Typically I wake up around 3 p.m., run a comb through my hair, and uh, go see a movie. Um, my, uh, my typical... Uh, Check my the typical, dailies. Yeah. My, my typical situation is uh, I, have a, I almost always have a movie in mind. I uh, almost never just feel like seeing a movie. Um, and... Uh, Usually I wait unless it's something that's a big theatrical release that I think I'll get something out of, like, being around people for. Usually I wait a couple weeks or at least a week because I just can't stand other people in the theater. I think more so than almost anybody else I know, I am driven absolutely nuts by people making noise or just just the, the things people do in the theater. Like, the... the, the they smell... I, well, yeah, that's, well, what I do is I try, and, I try and not shower for a couple of days before something <laughs> for me, but, um, that's uh, <laughs> just, I mean, like, and I, I know this is cliche to talk about people talking in the theater, but it just drives me batshit crazy. Like, um, when we, the other, a couple of weeks ago, we went and saw Shutter Island and there was, and it was, they weren't even bad, but there, there was like a, a, I don't know, a few people behind us on a date yeah, or something I, like I that. I remember them. And just they weren't by by movie standards. That was probably like in the easiest uh, half of like they weren't like if I took every movie I'd seen, that was a good experience, no doubt about it. It was at least on that side. But just like the girls going, why is he doing that? No, don't do that. Like a couple of times, but it was enough just to put me on edge, and I hate that so much. So I try and wait, and I try and not sit near people. Um, and, uh, so you'll, so what you're trying to say is you sacrifice seating arrangements just to spacing. pretty much, yeah, to, to get your distance from people. Yeah. Also, I don't, I do not mind giving a dirty look. Um, 
The only time I've ever, uh, and this is not, it has nothing to do with your Parker Posey question, but since we're running uh, so low on time, I figure I'll tell this story. I went and saw Panic Room with a good friend of mine, Michael, um, and uh, Michael S., for for those who know him. Um, And uh, this was a long time ago, obviously, when Panic Room came out. And there were these women behind us just absolutely oh no he did not and like the whole thing and probably about an hour and 20 minutes into the movie mike turns around and goes shut up and it was amazing it was absolutely unbelievable and i've kind of relived that moment in every bad theater situation i've ever been in since then just turning around shut up and, uh, yeah, so that's that's my theater ritual is most times I think about Mike telling uh, <laughs> people behind me to say shut up. I do like showing up for the previews. And um, like Jim, I, I really do like staying after for the uh, for the credits if the credits are interesting. Like if there's video still going on in any way, shape, or form or if they have like an interesting graphic going on. Or like Jim said, if I'm interested in who voiced that or um, sometimes just for fun. I like sitting. Like, so- like being the guy that's sitting. So you guys aren't going – you guys, in terms of the credits, aren't like, okay, the whole movie is the credits. Like, that's not why you watch. You just want to be entertained a little more. Correct, yeah. I'm not okay. really there to applaud anyone who's in it right. except for the, right. the people I'm curious. Bravo, bravo, those credits. Yeah. Oh, best boy was oh, him? Best boy, I like his work. Yeah. <laughs> Key grip. Cool. Right. Well, awesome. Well, uh, again, uh, the question is – What's your movie routine, movie theater routine? And I guess if you don't go to the theaters, I'm curious why, first off, maybe just because it costs a fucking shitload, but, um, Agoraphobia. Yeah, uh, yeah agoraphobia. Or, oh, I like, that. My, my, uh, my, my other, uh, I have a big part of my movie routine is, do you guys have a student discount? That's, that's a huge <laughs> part of my movie routine. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Finding, finding the, the cheapest price possible. Uh, yeah, actually, in a good point, uh, that Jim Jim sort of mentioned is I do like hitting the matinees. Uh, it's I love getting, especially if you can go during the week, just get it. It's way cheaper and it's not a movie that's right off the bat. But yeah, um, I guess yeah. Uh, we're I'm curious of how you got how you guys all uh, run through your movie movie routine. And uh, if you want to play along, you can go to theboards.com and uh, find the question there. And uh, yeah, guys, that was another excellent. Uh, March Madness Movie Matchup Month episode. Good work. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Yeah, I should say thank you for the input. I forgot. Yeah, drive safe. Yeah, it's it's beautiful out here. Beautiful out. I bet you guys wish you uh, you were living in Michigan. I bet you guys. No, wish. no, it's beautiful everywhere. Just caught up to Michigan. Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys uh, all for listening, and uh, yeah, thank you for all your participation on the boards. Uh, the Olivia Wilde Bake Sale Movie Hour. Take care, everyone. Bye.